Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's something that we as spectators of football games love to look at on the scoreboard, the home and the visitors plastered on the device to identify the information about each team. But have you ever thought about where the word visitors or sometimes guests comes from? If you have, sit back and listen to Timothy Brown of FootballArchaeology.com as he fills us in on this tale of how the visitors and guests came to be on the scoreboard. And it's all coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another Tuesday where we get to welcome in our guest, Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Hey, Darren. Thank you. Always, uh, always good to be here chatting with you about old football stuff yes old football stuff and we're going to be definitely talking about that today and you know since you are a guest you're here on on pigskin dispatch uh i guess you're my visitor (laughs) not my opponent uh so i think that'll maybe lead into some of the topic uh, of what you're going to talk about today from one of your recent tidbits yeah so that is a beautiful segue um (laughs) Not very imaginative. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, so this one, uh, I just think it's it's really fun. I mean, I, I like part of what I like about football is the evolution of words and terminology. And, you know, my most recent book was, you know, basically about that topic. And so, um, so this is one it got started with, I had come across a story probably three, four years ago about Harvard um, there's a professor at Harvard who, um, you know, when they put up, when they built Harvard stadium and they put up the scoreboard, it said Harvard and then opponent. And, you know, he just didn't like the term opponent. You know, he just felt like these are our guests. And so he wanted, um, he wanted them to change the terminology. And he was like, by then he was a Dean. So kind of what he said, happened you know <laughs> and and so they changed the terminology to to guest and you know or visitor you know so you even now like I, you know i went out and searched all, you know a bunch of different uh you know all, all the scoreboard manufacturers and 
and they're, um, you know, unless it's a digital one where they can put in whatever name of the visiting team is, the typical scoreboard will be like home and away, or it's the home team's name, and then visitor or guest. And so uh, opponent just doesn't, isn't there anymore, you know? So this guy, and this is back, you know, 1905 or something like that, you know, that he, he finally got the thing changed, but he is this one guy's opinion. And basically it's kind of proliferated throughout, <laughs> throughout football and, and probably all, all kinds all, of other. All, I think all sports, sports you know? because yeah. I can, I can remember when I was a kid in grade school, we had an old scoreboard, the old, you know, dial clock type yeah. of our scoreboard and had uh but it had, I, I'm pretty sure it had home and it had guests on it. I guess I never really thought about it, you know, because now today you always see, you know, visitors or away is probably the common yeah. thing. But, but those are, those are actually kind of polite and welcoming things, I guess, uh, as opposed yeah. opponents or, you know, the, you know, the idiots from across town or whatever else you're going to sure. put on there. <clears throat> and those were the, those were the days when oftentimes after the game, the two teams would sit down and have dinner together. You know, so, you know, they were supposed to be treated as guests, you know, and so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it was kind of a different time. And especially like in the Ivies, it was more of a gentleman's uh, sort of thing than perhaps even it is there today. But, yeah, so, you know, it takes us, it took us back to a um, <clears throat> to a bygone era, right? But the other thing about that then was, you know, so I'd had this story sitting in my head for like four years, and then it was like, well, this isn't enough to do a tidbit on. I mean, the, you know, the, I've got to connect it to something else. And so then I came across the story of Lehigh and Lafayette, who are, you know, bitter rivals. And in the 1959 game, um, the it was at Lehigh. Uh, both teams were 4-4 four and four coming in, though Lehigh was favored. But as the game progressed, Lehigh did not treat Lafayette as guests. They treated him as something beneath an opponent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because Lehigh was unexpectedly losing, their, some of their fans uh, you know, apparently got a hold of uh, pears and apples and had them in their pockets or whatever. They were out there in a very cold, you know, last game of the season, cold weather. And they started flinging them at the, uh, up into the Lafayette stands and then, Later on, lettuce and cabbages, and apparently a few bottles, you know, went the mm. went Lafayette's way as well. Uh, and as as that was happening, uh, Lehigh was falling further and further behind on the field. And so, then the last thing was that, you know, Lehigh ends up or Lafayette wins the game twenty eight to six, and the um, they end up the Lehigh fans went out onto the field to protect the goalposts that Lafayette could not tear them down. Um, because, you know, back then fans tore down the goalposts all the time. You know, they were wooden. Um, they weren't as secured into the ground as they are now. Um, and then plus, you know, maybe the, uh, enough teams hadn't been sued yet for people being injured by, falling goalposts so, <laughs> so the the team the home team didn't protect them as well as well as they do nowadays but anyways you know so that was uh kind of a riot bunch of fights ensued and uh you know so there was a time where there were tensions between the uh lehigh and lafayette fans but 
one of the cool things about that story then was that a day or two after I published it, I get an email from a guy who played in the game. Hmm. And so he and I are, uh, you know, we'll be connecting and, you know, chatting in the near, near term, but he sent me some information and I did another, uh, one of the tidbits, uh, of late was one about the um, kind of an era of using rubber footballs. And there was talk about rubber mm-hmm. footballs replacing the leather. And so uh, this guy, you know, Mike became a uh, big East official. And so, you know, he ended up part of the story that I tell. And that is one of the stories that he, he sent me, you know, in the, in a document mm-hmm. that he had pr- produced. Nice. So uh, anyways, we're going to get together and chat a little bit, but, it's one of the fun things about reading these things is, you know, that I oftentimes I hear from the children or the grandchildren of people, you know, that I write about. But in this case, it's, you know, somebody who's out there playing on the field that day. So, which is pretty very, cool. Yeah, very cool. Now, isn't, is Lehigh and Lafayette, is that the, the longest, uh, they played the most times of any two opponents in college football history? Is, is yeah. my thinking right? Okay. Yeah, they've played most often. Back in like the 1890s, they played twice a year so okay. that's part of why they uh they went ahead of everybody else yeah um, but but otherwise i think they've um i think they've played every every year but you know perhaps there was a gap somewhere yeah hmm. yeah very interesting great story and uh it's great that you got you get some great feedback from folks like that too especially somebody yeah. played in the game that's that's really cool so yeah very, very nicely done. Well-researched, uh, just like uh, everything that you do is. And you have such interesting things that come out each and every night in, in your tidbits, Tim. And you know, folks, uh, I'm sure, well, we know they appreciate your you're getting some responses back. And maybe uh, if you could share with the listeners here how they too can uh, partake in reading some of your tidbits, that'd be a great thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the best thing or the easiest thing is to just go to my site, footballarchaeology.com and just subscribe and then every night you'll get an email at seven eastern it shows up in your inbox and then you know you know i have some people clearly you know the vast majority of people read it that night or at least they open it that night decide if they want to read it or not uh but you know there's others they let them pile up to the weekend and then you know you know they'll go through them because i can just you know the number of hits that i get uh, or email opens you know i can tell i you know that the system tracks that for me. So anyways, that's the best thing. I, I post on, th- I post on threads. Now I post it on Substack app and I am still posting on Twitter that has now been named X. So, um, <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, we thank you very much and we will talk to you again next Tuesday. Very good. Thank you. We're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker. It's fourth and long. We're going to have to punt the ball and get on out of here, but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines, so be sure to tune in. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. 
PigskinDispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of sports yesteryear. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.